Hello, my name is Vav, divorce lawyer by day and sports expert by night. You're listening to episode three of She Sport, also known as Gabbing with Vav, the sports podcast for people who know nothing about sports and also care very little, but have a significant other or someone else in their life who cares a lot. On She Sport, I promise to talk about the things in sports that you care about. So I know that I missed last week's episode and I would like to formally apologize for disappointing my two to four loyal listeners. You know who you are. Believe it or not, I may have girl bossed a little bit too close to the sun when I promised a wildly funny, educational, and upbeat brand new podcast every week delivered by myself, a gorgeous bombshell who also happens to be a lawyer. So last Wednesday, I had a court-ordered mediation session, not for myself, but for a client, and Tuesday night came around and I just simply did not have the capacity to also record this podcast. So I do apologize for that, but please do not give up on me. Stay loyal. Um, Thank you, dad, for tuning in, and I will do my best to be here for you every week from now on out. Now, my boyfriend thinks that I should not be committing to every week given that I do have a full-time job, uh, but I think that he might just be doubting me because I am a woman. So we'll see if he ends up being right. So I'm still grappling with the idea of how to promote this podcast. Some of my friends suggested that I get flyers made and put them in the women's bathroom stalls at the Saddle Dome, which is, if you don't know, our Calgary uh, Flames hockey rink where the Flames play. Uh, And I think that that's a really good idea, actually. But I don't know how to go about doing that without getting in trouble. So I will look into it and we'll keep you posted if my flyers end up in the bathroom stall. Uh, But also for just a dollar a day, you could support my creative endeavor uh, in the heart of an angel. Fly away because I am just a a charity case, you know. Uh, But uh, other than that, let's start by talking about the elephant in the room. Drum roll, please. L King. If you're wondering who the heck is Elle King, I don't blame you because no, she does not have anything to do with sports, but she did do something absolutely wacky this past week, so I want to talk about it. Okay, so she is the artist who has some pretty popular songs like X's and O's, you know, the one that goes X's and the O's, they want you to make the most. Yes, so I could be also a singer, just so you know. Uh, Anyway, she's a Nepo baby. She is the daughter of comedian Rob Schneider. She dissed the queen of country music herself, Dolly Parton, at the Grand Ole Opry on Friday during Dolly's Friday tribute show. And I have some thoughts. Okay, firstly, I want to know where did Al King's country twang from? Because the way she talks, I was like, okay, she's from Mississippi or somewhere in the southern U.S. But I looked her up and no, she's from California, born and raised. So I'm a little bit confused about that. Uh, Secondly, she was hammered. Okay, hammered drunk at the Dolly Parton tribute concert. And she was swearing like a sailor left and right. And this is what people are upset about. You know, how could you diss the queen of country and swear up and down? Because I guess they, you know, they perform live and they publish the Grand Ole Opry live. And also, as far as I know, the Grand Ole Opry, it's like quite the honor to be asked to perform there. Uh, And it's a classy experience. So you're not supposed to be swearing, but she was. And so the, the Opry has come out and formally apologized for that experience, which apparently is pretty rare for them to actually be like, yeah, sorry about that. So also she was born in the 80s, El King, not Dolly, uh, 89, but still the 80s. And I'm just like, you are way too old, girly, to be acting like that on stage, right? So I just am not sure 
why that all happened or where her career goes from here. But, you know, hopefully she can clean up her act and move forward. So anyway, let's get to the agenda, okay, for today's episode, because want, want, we do have to talk about sports. So the first thing that I'm going to cover in today's episode is my experiences with sports people in the wild because they are a whole other breed. Okay. And boy, do I have some things to say. Then we'll move into segment one. Today on segment one, we're going to discuss conspiracy theories in sports because who doesn't love a good conspiracy theory? Like this morning, I heard about a conspiracy theory that Dr. Bronner Soap, which is that like popular soap company amongst Gen Z that has the colored labels and a ton of words, is apparently infused with witchcraft. Now people believe this because it has a really weird label with a bunch of like weird religious messaging on the label but that's not the conspiracy theory that we're going to talk about today because it has nothing to do with sports uh but then we'll move on to segment two and three which are always the same segment two as always i'm going to be putting you in the penalty box and i'm going to teach you to learn i'm going to force you to learn and also teach you to learn to force you to learn and love what has happened in sports this week okay because i know that you're dying to know i just did that little tidbit there because i messed up and i don't want to have to edit it out okay so i made it a joke thank you uh segment three as always, it's going to be one-liners for you to sound super smart to your significant other who knows so much about sports. But don't worry, we're not going to set you up to be too smart because we don't want them to think that you yourself are involved in a conspiracy theory, like maybe a cult, a sports cult. Okay, no, no, don't worry. We won't go that far. Uh, moving on, my experiences in sports. Okay, let me tell you, because it seems that every time that I do one of these podcasts, I have some new and exciting sports interactions. So this week I went to the Battle of Alberta game which is the Edmonton Oilers versus the Calgary Flames. And Edmonton and Calgary have their own separate beef, okay, separate and apart from hockey, because Edmonton houses the Alberta government, which is lackluster at best. And Calgary just thinks it's so much better than Edmonton because it's conceded. Like Calgary is, think of Edmonton's cousin who like spent a summer abroad and the summer abroad changed her forever and she now won't stop talking about it. Okay, that's Calgary. Um, And I'm allowed to talk about Calgary and Edmonton both poorly because I was born in Edmonton and now I'm in Calgary. So like I've been to both places so I can have beef with both. So anyway, back to the Battle of Alberta game. Okay, so it's Alberta's two hockey teams, the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers fighting to the death. Uh, So even though the game was in Calgary, there were a pretty equal number of Oilers fans and Flames fans there. And boy, were people obnoxious. Okay, I feel like hockey fans are generally obnoxious. Like anytime people fight, um, and take it so seriously as if like their life depended on it. I get a little weirded out, but uh, this was a particular case of some interesting actions. So the Oilers fans, okay, right away, they start up with this chant, let's go Oilers. And then the Flames fans respond, Oilers suck. And I'm like, okay, that's a bit dramatic, right? Like, I think it's fun to do the chants when they're positive, but people were being very negative. And, um, I just sometimes worry that the, worry that the players are going to get their feelings hurt, right? But I guess it's okay because again, they're making a lot of money. So there was a guy to my left. He was wearing an Oilers jersey and he was sitting by the stairs. And I'm sure he did that on purpose because every time somebody would come up in a Flames jersey, he'd boo them. And then when somebody would come up in an Oilers jersey, he'd fist bump them. Now one Flames fan 
was not liking this. He got in the guy's face and he was like, fist bump me, fist bump me. And then the Oilers guy was like, no, I'm not going to fist bump you. F you. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're really fighting over a fist bump right now. It's really kind of sad. It was a little funny, the guy who was booing everyone, but it was also like, I don't know if you boo the wrong person, you could get bopped. You know, then the guy to my right was hammered. He accidentally slapped the guy in front of his head because he got, like, got too excited. And he kind of raised his arm to be like, what the heck? And he slapped the guy's noggin. But thankfully, the guy sitting in front of us was really chill and just laughed it off. But I was like, that could have gone 12 ways wrong, right? Then he also spilled a beer. It was a disaster. He was only there for like half the time. He accused the ladies to the right of us of being in his seat. But actually, his seat was like beside me. But I had my jacket there. So I guess he didn't see it anyway. All in all, it was a trashy good time. Uh, once again, I did not win the 50-50. And I mean, at some point, I'm going to give up. So they better throw me a bone eventually here. But all this just to say that hockey fans, they stay wild. You know, they stay in their little seats, yelling at the players as if they're going to listen and as if they have some kind of say on the outcome. And then they identify so closely with the the team. Um, you know, it should really be studied by psychologists as potentially a mental illness but anyway that's um all i have to say about that so we're moving on okay to segment one conspiracy theories in sports buckle up because some of these are weird okay i do want to say because i'm a lawyer and i don't want to get sued i want to be very clear that this is all alleged and not fact nor proven i am just a silly girl being uh, being silly okay so the first conspiracy theory that i want to talk about is that the nfl is actually scripted so apparently there are a lot of people who believe that the NFL is scripted. My initial thoughts are that if it were scripted, they should make it more interesting. Like at least throw a flash mob in there from time to time. And also didn't the same team with Tom Brady on it win like a bunch of times in a row? So you'd think that if it were scripted, they would at least change it up to keep the audience interested. But they're not doing that. Um, anyway, looking into this conspiracy theory, I will say that I did start drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit and I started to think, oh my gosh, what if it is scripted? But I came back, don't worry, I'm back to reality and I now believe it is not scripted, okay? But I'm going to tell you why people believe that the NFL is scripted. So first, there was a news report released by CTV News Vancouver Island. They posted like a little blurb beneath the weather report and the, this is what the blurb said, okay? Reba McIntyre, Usher and Post Malone are slated to perform at the San Francisco 49ers and Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl matchup on February 11th. Now, why is this weird? Well, it's weird because it was posted by CTV News on January 18th, but the playoff games haven't even happened yet. So we don't actually know who's going to the Super Bowl, but they're saying on the news that it's going to be the 49ers and the Ravens. So that's a little suspicious. But honestly, I think that this one is pretty easy to chalk up to a simple mistake. Like I would guess that the news probably pre-drafts these little blurbs and then edits them as they go and that this one probably got posted too early and the reason that I'm thinking this is because the NFL which I'll remind you is a 143 billion dollar industry uh is not gonna let the cat out of the bag and if they were to let the cat out of the bag about there being a script do you really think that the first person they'd call is CTV News Vancouver Island like I don't think so okay a bunch of hippies who are smoking weed I doubt it there's bound to be an accident which is probably what happened here the intern was probably just smoking a blunt on their lunch break and accidentally posted this you know so I would say that this is not really the evidence we think it is but wait there's more Okay, number two, the Super Bowl logo. 
So apparently, traditionally, the Super Bowl logo matches the colors of the teams who are playing. And this year, the logo was allegedly released, and the colors are, wouldn't you know it, red and purple, which are the colors of San Francisco and the Ravens. However, you know, I know that the Chiefs are also red. I know that because Taylor Swift is periodically showing up in red, and then there's a remaining team, the Detroit Lions, they're blue. Okay, so I guess we've decided that they're out. But I mean, there's a pretty good chance of there being a red team because there's two red teams out of the four. So isn't it possible that the NFL was just like, you know, we cannot possibly wait till the last minute to revise this exact same logo that we use every year and just change the colors because it would be way too risky and way too stressful for whoever it is that has to, you know, take five minutes out of their day to change the colors. So we're going to pre-make it I think that they could make an educated guess and say you know there's going to be red in there so we'll throw red and then there's purple or blue and they're both pretty similar so let's just go with a purple and they're thinking the Ravens are probably making it all the way right so it's probably just a prediction more than like this grandiose conspiracy theory but that's another reason that people believe that the NFL is scripted okay the third reason people believe that the NFL might be scripted the weird plays. So I saw some videos on TikTok. People are hypothesizing that if the NFL wasn't scripted, there's no way some of these plays would happen. Like some higher power has to be telling these guys to do these things because they're bizarre. So one clip I saw, it was like a linebacker or whoever it is that tackles people. He tackled like a random guy on the team instead of the guy with the ball running into the end zone. So people are like, why would he do that, right? Why wouldn't he tackle the guy with the ball? That obviously makes more sense. Even I know that. Um, So they're like, it has to be scripted. You know, somebody told him not to make that tackle. And then obviously this past game over the weekend with the Chiefs and whoever else was playing against the Chiefs, the kicker missed the kick, right? Apparently that doesn't happen all that often. So people are like, oh, the script said he had to miss the kick. But you know what? I think everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has bad days. Everybody knows what, what I'm talking about. Everybody gets that way, right? So it's like, can't we just say that maybe they're just like not that smart. They're just football players. They're not geniuses, right? So, okay, they made a mistake. Doesn't mean that there's a script. And if there was a script, you really think all these guys are learning their lines? I don't know. I doubt it. Moving on, okay. Another reason people believe that the Super Bowl is likely actually scripted. Super Bowl 2013. Okay, let's take it back. Interesting enough, 2013, another Super Bowl between who? The Ravens and the 49ers. Okay, there was a power outage in the middle of the game that resulted in a 34-minute delay. So before the power outage, the Ravens were wiping the floor with the 49ers. Okay, it was like something like 30 to 30 to 6. So the 49ers didn't have a shot, and people were getting bored, and people were turning off their TVs. And then people say, allegedly, that the scriptwriters were like, we cannot have this. So they pulled the plug, literally, and they told the players, get your head in the game, we're rewriting the script, okay? The end is the same because the Ravens did win the game, but act two is going to change and the 49ers made an incredible comeback and the game ended up being very close. So people are like, that doesn't happen naturally, okay? Somebody is controlling the outcome there. And maybe, to me, that's the most convincing one because I'm like, what are the chances of all that aligning in that way, right? But also maybe they just got a really good pep talk over that power outage. You never know. You know, sometimes people just need a hand to hold and inspiring words and they can really change things around. And so that's also possible. Okay, so I did go to Reddit, unfortunately for me and my mental health, because I was like, what are the people saying about this conspiracy theory, right? And I wanted to investigate what the heck is going on in the House of Commons. So the consensus is that it's actually not scripted. Okay, people just think that some teams are favored by the league, so they get perks, right? And better opportunities, more money, you know, maybe better ref calls, stuff like that. And then that kind of 
changes the outcome, but it's not scripted. So there's one user on Reddit, his username is MasterTJ77. He said the players would never agree to losing. Okay, they have too much pride. And I kind of agree with that because like my boyfriend, he gets really worked up when he loses his beer league hockey game, let alone like these guys, it kind of actually matters. Like people are counting on them. So I feel like, yeah, who would agree to lose? Like nobody wants to be a loser in life. So they're not just going to sign off on that script. Like, yeah, you're a loser this year. I don't think so. I don't think so. So I guess my opinion on this whole NFL is scripted conspiracy theory is that there's just no way that a bunch of Brads and Chads created this high level ultra wealthy conspiracy theory to appease the lesser men of the nation. I think that it's much more likely that it is simply but a game. Um, And as an aside, I don't want to get too far into this one because it's controversial to me and me only if really driving is even a sport but apparently people also think that nascar is scripted so specifically daytona okay i think the reason that they think it's scripted is because it pulls on the heartstrings of the nation like what else pulls on the heartstrings of america other than some driving around a track i can't think of a darn thing so i guess there was a tragic incident where a racer died his name was Dale Earnhardt, may he rest in peace, okay? And then a few months later, Dale Earnhardt Jr., very creative name, uh, won Daytona. And people are like, there's just no way, right? It was arranged because people, you know, kind of felt sad about the whole situation. This would make them feel better. But I mean, I guess whatever way you, you crumble the cookie here, his dad did die. So he's not really a winner in the end. And I think we can just probably let that one go, even if it was staged, right? So that's that. That's the first conspiracy theory in sports, that the NFL... And maybe NASCAR, which I think we care less about, are scripted. And if they are, I think they better get some better script writers. Okay, but I want to talk about some other conspiracy theories in sports because that's not the only one. So let's talk about one that's a little bit close to home. The Weidman effect. Okay, so Dennis Weidman, he was a Calgary Flames hockey player. He was suspended in 2016 for severely injuring a referee. Also, side note, apparently a referee also known as a lineman. I had no idea. They kept saying he injured the lineman, injured the lineman. I was like, what? I thought he injured the ref. They're the same thing. So anyway, he did this for what what reason? I don't know. They say mental health. He had a concussion or something. That's possible. But I mean, never an excuse for violence. Okay. So anyway, he hurt this ref. And then people think that because the refs are, you know, standing up for their buddy old pal, they've been rather harsh on the flames ever since and are purposefully making calls against them to uh, ensure that they won't make it very far in the league. So I'm not going to name names but who believes this one, Um, cough, cough, my boyfriend. But I also think that it's likely or more likely that the flames are just trashola and uh, Calgary Flames players can't really accept that. So since 2016, they've been believing that they're just really hard done by. And you know what? Whatever helps you sleep at night, okay? If that's what do- does it for you, then I support you. Uh, so there's another one. Okay, this one's dark. It is related to rugby. So apparently there are people who think, allegedly, that the Russians the Russians poisoned the New Zealand rugby team in 1955 because they all got uh, pretty bad food poisoning and ended up losing the World Cup final to South Africa. And apparently they were slated to win that game. Uh, I would not put this one past Daddy P, but again, I'm going to say allegedly because I am afraid of the Russians. So yeah, that one, you know, I kind of do buy that one. But why did the Russians need South Africa to win that? I don't know. But they do have their hands in every little pot, don't they? So yes, the other sports conspiracy theory that I want to talk about, 
this one is just silly, okay? There's a lot of conspiracy theories out there about people sleeping with people. Because I guess at the end of the day, sports fans, they're no better than teenagers, okay? So they're gossiping left and right. And they say that we gossip as females, right? But they can't stop talking about who's sleeping with who. So anyway, I'm sure we've all heard this rumor that Corey Perry, formerly a player of the Blackhawks, slept with Connor Bedard's mom, who's also a player on the Blackhawks, right? And that is apparently why he left the Blackhawks so uh, out of the blue. People are saying there were some rumors, you know, that the real, real reason he left was due to mental health, something to do with drugs. You know, apparently... There's also a rumor that he was stalking a team reporter, which if he was, not cool. Um, But yeah, then he signed with the Edmonton Oilers this week. So this rumor is having kind of a resurgence because people are like, if he did do anything other than something like sleep with Connor Bedard's mom, then he probably would have been kicked out of the league for longer than like a couple months and then re-signing with the team. But if he just was, you know, doing that, messing around with someone's mom, then it is possible that another team would take him. But if it was drugs, I'm kind of like, you know, it's not a couple months, you're not going to be ready to go back to another team. So I don't know. We really don't know what happened there. I watched an interview with him, with Corey Perry, and he said basically he took a couple months to try to get better and work on himself, and it was something to do with mental health. So I mean, all the wishing all the best to him, and hopefully he will stop sleeping with people's moms moving forward. But this whole somebody sleeping with somebody rumor in sports is not a one-time thing, okay? It's been swirling around for ages. So there is a baseball player named Cal Ripken, and apparently he was on a streak of like playing a bunch of consecutive games. And people were like, wow, he's never missed a game. And I'm like, okay, relax, people. Like we're applauding this guy for literally just doing his job. But anyway, um, then there was a game that he was close to missing. And what happens? The power goes out. So people are like, the reason he was late was because he found Kevin Costner in bed with his wife. And yes, I did have to research who is Kevin Costner because believe it or not, he's not in Twilight, but he is the old guy in Yellowstone, okay? Or I better know him as the hot bodyguard in 1992's rescue romance, The Bodyguard. So anyway, that's Kevin Costner, okay? And apparently this baseball player found Kevin Costner in bed with his wife, pulled the power out, literally, at the stadium, and then gathered himself and went on to place that he wouldn't miss his streak, which is, I don't, I mean, where did that come from? I don't know, but that's that, okay? There's another conspiracy theory that I started to look into about some frozen envelope impacting a trade in the NFL, but I totally gave up on that one because I swear that the people who write about sports write as if they are international scholars and their audience like has a PhD in gibberish or something. So I did my best to try to decipher what the heck was going on with the frozen envelope and how did that impact everyone's livelihood and their future and today they're still upset about it, but I had enough. Okay, I'm not getting paid for this, aka I'm getting paid nothing. And it's at some point I have to protect my peace. So I moved on from that one. But honestly, doesn't it validate why we need this podcast in the first place? Because I'm taking this scholarly level education in sports and I'm dumbing it down for you. I'm dumbing it down to my level, which is very dumb. And I'm putting it out there for you. So you're welcome for this public service. Okay. So we are now concluding segment one, you perverts. We're moving on from the conspiracy theories because we got to get to segment two. I got to put you in the penalty box. You've been a bad girl and I'm going to teach you about what has happened in sports this week, whether you like it or not. So let's start with football, the princess of the NFL, Taylor Swift. So first of all, a nut job was arrested outside of her home for being a stalker. So that's unfortunate. Uh, But I guess it's also fortunate in some ways because he's now in the slammer. But please leave our princess of the NFL alone, 
and, and our princess of country music and pop music and really life alone because she still has one more game to watch, okay? Because the Kansas City Chiefs are going to the playoffs. So there's four teams remaining, which I've kind of alluded to in the playoffs. The Baltimore Ravens, the San Francisco 49ers, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Detroit Lions. So the Chiefs need Taylor, obviously, to support them, okay? And hopefully they'll make it to the Super Bowl. But if you believe the script, the script is already written and they're not making it. But what I wanted to talk about was Jason Kelsey. Okay, we all know that he plays for the Eagles, but they're out. So he was watching his little brother, Travis, this past weekend, and he was getting wild, okay? He ripped his shirt off. He jumped into the stands. He was part of the tailgate. He was doing shots. It was really unhinged, but in a lovely way. And uh, I saw a tweet, sorry, an X, and it really resonated with me. So I'm going to give credit where credit is due. The tweet is from at the Kayla Knapp. She says, quote, if you think J- Jason Kelsey going bonkers at a football game is cool, but are annoyed by Taylor Swift cheering, you might just hate women. And amen, sister. When does it end? All the enjoyment. So that's the news in football. Basically, sexists exist. And that sucks. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about tennis. Okay, so there's this Russian girl, again, allegedly, uh, Marina Andriva, and she is killing it at the Australia Open, which I talked about last week. So if you don't know what the Australia Open is, I cannot repeat it, okay? You have to do your own work. Go back and listen to last week's episode, which I guess was two weeks ago, in fairness to you, but go back and listen to it, okay? So apparently to motivate herself, Marina Andriva, she bites herself, Um, And people were like, that's kind of weird. And Fox News wrote about it. And that's how I found out about it. So I guess that's one way to keep the ball rolling. Okay, that's the news in tennis. Uh, I'm going to talk now about arguably the most important sport I've covered to date on this podcast, and it is called ski joring. So this past week in Banff, we saw Alberta cowboys and girls pull up their cowboy boots and jump on a steed and pull daredevil skiers behind them to their doom over a jump in the middle of downtown Banff. So to simplify what I just said, it is uh, people on horses pulling people on skis over a jump in the middle of Banff, and people love it. Uh, I I will say that the most interesting thing at this event was the fashion, okay? The fashion was another level. People were showing up in fur coats, cowboy boots, cowboy hats, leather. It was really Canadian looks. Uh, and listen, I don't want PETA coming for me, okay? I'm not pro fur, but I am pro wearing vintage fur that already exists instead of like throwing it out or keeping it in a closet. And I'm also pro permitting ethical hunting practices, especially when tied to indigenous culture, okay? But PETA, I'm one of you. Like, calm down, don't come for me. So that's ski drawing in uh, ski drawing news. Yeah, that was fun. Baseball. Okay, so today, Tuesday, January 23rd, um, some people were admitted to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, Not just any people. This is what fans would call legends, okay? Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, and Joe Maurer. Now, I hope I don't sound ridiculous, but I don't know who that man is. I've never seen that man. I could be walking down the street and I would not know who that man is. So I'm sorry to this man, but I don't know you. Um, That's in baseball. Soccer. Let's talk about soccer. So Canada's soccer's general secretary, Alison Walker. And wow, what a fancy name. They have a general secretary. It's almost like a government, right? So she stepped down today or this week or recently at some point due to personal reasons. And people were dramatic. The response was extreme. Okay, people are calling her a flake. They're saying like most people can last more than four weeks because I guess she wasn't in the role for very long and she was handpicked and it was like a big deal when she was picked and then she's already stepping down. 
Um, but you know what? I think that that's not fair. We don't know what the personal reasons are that influence this decision. And women really are expected to wear a lot of hats in life. So sometimes, rightfully so, it can become too much. So I don't want to blame her for that. Okay, maybe there was some more stuff that happened in sports or to Allison Walker. I don't know. But I'm not going to get into it right now because we got to move on to segment three. Okay, so welcome to segment three. One-liners for you to sound super smart but not so smart that your significant other will be threatened by your knowledge of sports. Okay, I don't want you to be so smart that they're like, oh my gosh, you're in a, in a cult. Like, I don't want you to join the conspiracy theory here, right? So get your pen and paper out, write these down, okay? I've thought of them so that you don't have to. The theme for this week's one-liners is feminism. I want to empower you, okay? So Valentine's Day is coming up. So this first one-liner has to do with football and Valentine's Day, okay? So you're going to go to your partner, you're going to say, hey, what's planned for Valentine's Day, babe? Because I'm starting to think that this plan of yours is about as real as the NFL. And he's going to be like, what the heck are you talking about, sister? Because he's going to know that there's this theory that the NFL is scripted. And if he doesn't, then we've got bigger fish to fry. The alternative, I guess, if he's really pissing you off, is you could poison him like the Russians. Or poison him and blame the Russians. Um, But legally, I'm going to say that that's a joke. Okay, don't do that. Don't do that one. Just stick to the one-liner. Calm down, okay? So as a reminder, you're going to say, yeah, what's planned for Valentine's Day, babe? Because I'm starting to think that this big plan of yours is about as real as the NFL. Okay, he's going to be like, I roll. Next, hockey. Here's your one-liner. You better smarten up or I'm going to punch you like the Blackhawks punted Corey Perry. And it won't be because you slept with my mom. And listen, if he did sleep with your mom, again, bigger fish to fry, sister, bigger fish to fry. Ski joring. So in the off chance that your partner is like really into ski joring, first of all, I guess my question would be like, is everything okay at home? Uh, And secondly, you can say, saddle up, tiger, and pull me along for this ride of life because we're ski joring off into the sunset. We're going to ski jor off into the sunset, baby. That's a good one, right? That's not really feminism, but it's fun baseball here's one for baseball you remind me of adrian beltre because you're indicted to my hall of fame mm-hmm. again flirty wow we're slipping here um soccer okay here's one can you get off my back because now i know how allison walker must feel with all the criticism from the peanut gallery okay that's a good one that's feminism tell me about it peanut gallery men are always criticizing us for something and on that note That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're doing better than me. Namaste. Shabbat Shalom. It's Wednesday, so that one doesn't really fit. But uh, keep keep it going. Keep it keeping on. I hope to see you at next year's Ski Jordan extravaganza. And uh, stay warm out there, folks. And I'll see you next week, maybe, if I can pull it together to get uh, an episode out next week and prove my boyfriend wrong. Thank you very much.